You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Wednesday, December 21st. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at Just Baseball, uh, where I sometimes write there. It's been a while, I admit, but going to be writing about some fun stuff there soon. And you can also check me out on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L underscore at L-O underscore Padres, if you want exclusively Padres-related tweets and whatnot. My account, Lately comic book stuff and also Padres stuff, but a little bit of comic stuff. I love my comics. It's great stuff. Um, also, if you want to see the YouTube, go subscribe to Lockdown Padres on YouTube and you will be greeted by a new friendo, a new friendo who will be joined us. Shout out to the people over at Show Stompers for sending me this Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead. Link in the description of the podcast will show you this little guy. It makes for a pretty good Christmas gift and he's going to be hanging out with me every episode now. I adore him. He looks great. Seriously. Look at this guy. Look at him. <laughs> All right. But uh, seriously, guys, on today's episode, we got to talk about some signings, some big signings, not necessarily Xander Bogart's big, but the Padres, despite the signing of Xander Bogart's for which would be a signing for a lot of teams, that would be that would be it. Right. That would be absolutely it. Lord knows the Boston Red Sox are out here being like Justin Turner's our big signing of the offseason, but not for the Padres. And they weren't done. They made two moves yesterday was the newest one. And then a couple days ago, I did not talk about it because I should also mention a little programming note. We're moving to three episodes um, kind of a, a, at minimum for the foreseeable future because it is the off season and whatnot. There will be some weeks where I gift you guys, where I bless you with my beautiful face and my, my beautiful voice with five episodes. But uh, just for now, that's a programming note. Um, so Seth Lugo happened a couple days ago. And then Matt Carpenter, a real bomb like a real bombshell that happened yesterday. First, let's talk about Matt Carpenter because that's the newest one and you guys want the the up-to-date stuff. That's why you clicked on the episode. So let's talk about it. Matt Carpenter. I mean, one of the... There was a tweet a while back that basically was talking about how in terms of slugging in a certain amount of sample size, Matt Carpenter was up there with like the type of names that you read that are so 1920s and then like Babe Ruth, right? Like Matt Carpenter was absolutely incredible for the Yankees this year, um, this past year, albeit in a smaller sample size. He hit in just 47 games. In just 47 games, he hit 15 homers, which is absolutely nuts. He had a slugging of 727, batting average 305, on-base percentage 412. Just in 47 games, he counted for 2.3 F4. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. Like, let's just be very clear. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from your boy Matt Carpenter, who, in fairness, this is not an entirely random thing. Matt Carpenter was a good player, uh, uh, actually quite a great player, one of the more underrated doubles machines um, in baseball uh, for a while when he was with the Cardinals. Like, one of the more consistent players. He was part of why they were good. I mean, if you just want to go by F4 totals in 2013, basically until all the way until 2018, 
very steady player, 7.2, 3.4, 5.3, 3.7, 3.1, 4.6. I'm not saying this guy's a Hall of Famer or anything. He's certainly not, but he was really good. Then injuries snuck up on him. He stopped hitting for power basically entirely, stopped hitting all those doubles that he was famous for, and just kind of faded away, and it looked like he was done. And then last year, for the Yankees, had a massive resurgence. And I guess the Padres, in their infinite wisdom, decided, well, you know what? Uh, we we are buying into this. And they signed him to a mega deal. Not a mega deal, but a one-year deal um, worth $21, 12000000 This is from Kev, uh, Ken Rosenthal. $12 million and could earn a maximum of $21 million over two years if he exercises a player option and all of his salary escalators and incentives are earned. So, here's the thing. There's a couple ways to look at this deal. Number one is that the Padres are saying this is a utility guy. I do not believe that Matt Carpenter is going to be the starting third baseman because we have Manny Machado, right? I do not think he'll even be one of the starting outfielders on the team because, in fact, he doesn't have a lot of speed there. He is old, and it's not like he was ever that incredible of a defensive player before, even when he was playing third base. He was kind of, eh, right? If you want to go by defensive rig defensive run saved, out to by average, whatever. He was never quite good there. Instead, he might just be this super utility player. Whether or not that spells the potential for a move that's incoming, right? Some people might hear utility player and they might think, oh, does that mean Hassan Kim's on the move? I don't necessarily think so. I think that they're fine with Kim, but I don't think that this is it. I do not think that Matt Carpenter is going to be a guy that the Padres rely on to be the starting left fielder or center fielder or whatever for the 2023 season I just don't think that I think they're a lot smarter than that and I think they know given how much like trouble they've had over the past few years with having depth in their outfield it would be mighty shocking if they ended it at this so if you look at it from that perspective okay cool so that means that another move might be coming what I will say is while Matt Carpenter was really impressive last year, one of the things I'm worried about is in Petco Park, is that power going to translate? It almost certainly won't translate no matter where he is to the degree that it was last year. Like I said, 727 slugging is, is not even video game. That's just kind of like superhero territory. Well, I guess that's inhuman sort of, right? So I don't expect him doing that. I don't think he's going to have the strength of the Hulk. And another concerning thing is if you just want to go by the home runs, uh, almost all of them were to right field. Um, and that's not necessarily bad usually, but as people may be familiar, the Yankees have the infamous short porch, right? The infamous short porch thing. All of his home runs went to right field with the exception of one that ended up a ground rule double um, for the Yankees. And most of his hits, in fact, went to right field. So he was an extreme pull hitter. But again, I think that you have to take into account that I do not think this is going to be the starting player. Right? I just don't think that. I think that another player may be brought back. They might be working on bringing Jerks and Profar back. I saw a video of him hanging out with Tatis in the Dominican Republic. Um, I could totally see that. I do. And I will say, a little bit pricey of a contract with potentially $21 million, I was surprised by that. Maybe low-key, Matt Carpenter was being sought after by a lot of teams, but... That's what gives me a little bit pause. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a short-term deal, so it's not something that I want to look into as something that is too expensive, necessarily, because it is only just for a little bit, right? When If this was like a multi-year deal, that's when it becomes a thing, and it could potentially hamper the team's ability to do things down the road, at least based on 
just how every team tends to work. But it is also worth pointing out. And Nick Lee, uh, who, who I've seen on Twitter before, he's a good big Padres fan, um, mentioned the Padres paid more for the exoskeleton of what was once Matt Carpenter than the Dodgers did for J.D. Martinez. That is a... A little bit unfair of a point because he did revitalize. He did change his swing. Although what I mentioned about the right field is something that we need to take into account. Um, He did revitalize himself a little bit. And J.D. Martinez also looked a little cooked, right? He looked a little bit cooked. But I also don't disagree uh, really at all with Nick here because I think that J.D. Martinez would have been a little bit better of a signing. I know he's not a utility player that you can maybe plug in at different positions at third, sometimes maybe in left field, whatever. But JD Martinez, I think was a little bit hurt last year and he's also a little bit younger. And even still, even still, I mean, do do we really have to bring up like JD Martinez wasn't even that bad, right? Like if you're just looking at him to potentially be a DH for your team this past year, just the raw like slash line wasn't too bad. He had a one war, which isn't great because no defense and Strikeout rate isn't great, or I should say the walk rate isn't great, but even still, 274, 341, 448, that's not a bad player to take a flyer on, just in terms of the slash line. The problem is that the home run power was down, but I think he was a little bit hurt. With Carpenter, he also did get hurt, so my vibe on this move is I'm worried about how the power is going to translate. I'm not super worried that this guy is going to be the starting left fielder for the Padres this next season. But considering how out of nowhere it was, considering that the Padres fans might remember, we've been burned by these so-called changing swings before. You might know who I'm talking about. Eric Hosmer, right? Eric Hosmer. They said, old dog learns new tricks. And he's he's starting to embrace the launch angle. And what happened? He went right back to what he was before. So it's a scary signing. But in fairness, a lot of people give AJ Prowler a little bit of flack because he's had a lot of misses. And he's a big blockbuster type of dealer. He loves going after big name players. I don't think he always gets a lot of credit for some of the smaller moves that have worked out. Like Musgrove. Or I should say moves that were a little bit by low. You know, Musgrove wasn't as much of a household name as he is now with the Padres. Joe Musgrove. Trent Grisham for a time period. Sort of. I guess. Maybe. Uh, Trent Grisham, right? Tatis when he initially was traded for. Um, You go through a lot of players. Right, Nick Martinez, who we're going to talk a little bit about in a little bit, like he's had some success there. I think that a lot of people, a little bit unfairly, just pigeonhole him as a guy who spends a lot of money on big, pricey players, which, by the way, still kind of matters, um, and then doesn't know how to develop depth. I'm really curious to see what happens here because I I think that another move is 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 on the way, and if another move is on the way, having Matt Carpenter as like a backup outfielder or a guy who's maybe going to play a little bit more than backup outfielder. Like he'll play every other day. Maybe he'll be DH all over the place. Like he can be a utility player. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't love it because of what I said about the pull stuff about how many of his home runs were going to right field. You saw Anthony Rizzo tinker to swing that way. So and the age, I don't love either, but in fairness, not the worst player to take a flyer on when it comes to guys that look like they reinvented themselves. But again, that's just my opinion, you know what I'm saying? But before we we talk a little bit more about my opinions, ladies and gentlemen, but before we mention what is going on with the Padres and their pitching situation, ladies and gentlemen, as I attempt to grab my charger because I forgot to charge my computer and I don't want it to die in the middle of this recording, I need to talk to you about betonline.net, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it may be the holiday season. It's football season. You guys all know what that means. 
It means you gotta you gotta step your game up. You gotta know what the odds are. You wanna know those Christmas Eve games, right? In football. All right. Guess what? BetOnline's got you covered. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. I shouldn't say the World Cup, actually. Shout out Argentina. That final was wild. I don't know anything about soccer. I'm not going to pretend, but I'm happy Bessie won, and that final was absolutely riveting television, let me tell you guys. I haven't been that nervous since watching the Dodgers and the Padres series. Um, and let me tell you, betting can make you nervous, but bet online, <laughs> they get you uh, they get hooked up. They also have sports podcasts if you want to find those as well. Um, yeah, so, so what can I say? Go check out World Series odds. I imagine future odds will be up there. Golden Globes odds, I think, should be up there soon. I imagine if they aren't already, like, they, they got you for everything. So, guys, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And again, just a quick reminder for all my YouTube viewers, if you want to check out this little, this little Tatis bubblehead. And if you're wondering what he's standing on, it's this book called The Secret Language of Relationships. I just like the color, and there was a sunshine on it. So that's what I'm using right now for, for little tattoos. Ooh, oh, he's so cute. Again, link will be in the episode description. Um, all right. So yeah, Matt Carpenter, just a wild signing. I genuinely could not believe that they did that. I, I it, not wild in the sense that like holy God Almighty, but it was it was shocking. I did not think that Matt Carpenter was, to be quite honest with you, that sought after a free agent. I had not heard his name even sprinkled in rumors. The player that you're hearing sprinkled in rumors the most right now is Michael Conforto, who is a player that I have been campaigning for for two years now. I said this last year as well. I know he got hurt last year. That that doesn't count. Don't, nobody yell at me. I didn't know he was going to get hurt and miss the season. I've been campaigning for him forever, and I'm not the only one. I think that teams are real. I don't think that he's like this secret. You know, I think a lot of teams want him because they know, given that he doesn't have as much leverage, right, because he missed last year and his previous season was a little bit of a down year by his standards, I think that they know, oh, we can get this guy for like, probably less than 20 million and maybe on a one plus one deal or just a one year deal. So I think a lot of teams know that this guy could be like the steal of the off season. Um, and that guys like Gallo and guys like Kiermaier, you, you might know what you're going to get out of them. I don't know why I said Joey Gallo as part of that or Andrew Benintendi. Like those guys are a little bit more safe in terms of what you might get. But Michael Conforto, if he's, if everything goes right, that would be awesome. If he can be the starting left fielder for the Padres, I would be absolutely over the moon thrilled because that would solve the Padres' slugging problems, theoretically, almost entirely. You would have Matt Carpenter, right? And then you could even toggle around some guys. If you ever have to bring up Jose Azokar, he can give you some batting average stuff. Don't worry. But I would love to see the Padres do that, especially because another thing is that they aren't flawed power guys. These are guys who also know how to get on base. And then you have MVP candidates in Tatis, Machado, who should have won the MVP, and Soto. Like, it's, it's really exciting stuff. So I would love if the Padres got Michael Conforto. That being said, now we got to talk about Seth Lugo. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, Seth Lugo. So, again, I was talking about how A.J. Preller doesn't get enough credit for how he's gotten these, these little bit smaller low-key deals um, for the team in terms of Nick Martinez, right? I think that one of the most underrated things about the Padres' A.J. Preller ownership, especially since 
like 2017, 2018. I have to Google this real quick. Um, their ability to find these solid um, rotation guys and bet on the right ones, I really do think has been an underrated part of the Padres. They've had, you know, all right, so Kirby Yates they found, right? He ends up being an elite closer for the Padres. 2018, I should say. Um, when he gets sent to the um, the Friars, he's awesome. Has a 3.4 F4 in 2019. Then he gets hurt. And then they have Drew Pomeranz there behind him. And then they trade for Trevor Rosenthal. And then the year after, it's like, oh, no, we lost Trevor Rosenthal. Then they get Mark Melanson, the shark. Arr! You know, and he was great. And then you also had um, Luis Garcia, who they bring in, uh, who is very good, right? Like, they, they've they had a knack for replacing and replenishing relievers and whatnot. And Seth Lugo might be the latest of that. He's, a, he's going to be, as of right now, they're going to try him out as a starting pitcher. Um, which is cool. They signed him to a two-year, $15 million deal. He can opt out after this past year, so it's a player option. So it's an average annual value of $7.5 million. And if you're wondering, oh, I mean, but he didn't do all that much that was impressive last year. He had a 3.6 ERA. That's not that great, right? And then his, let's see, what was his, his strikeout rate was was down. It was, it was down from the past three seasons. I get that. But I am curious to see because Seth Lugo for a little bit, especially when with the Mets, um, especially aside from, again, 2020, I- I'm willing to throw out 2020. I-, I really am. I think that 2020 has shown us a lot of things about judging players um, a little bit too harshly in such a small sample size, which, again, speaks back to the Carpenter um, concerns. Um, <clears throat> but I think that... Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, I do think that... Seth Lugo, he was kind of a little bit of the face of this sort of movement towards more strikeout-heavy pitchers, right? The Like, you have your people who bet on James Karinchak and all these different relievers, and I think Seth Lugo is one of them, and the Mets found him, and he was just a strikeout ace, you know, um, when he came to the Mets, right? 20, 2018 was really the first year, 25% K rate. Year after that, 33. Year after that, 29. Even in 2020 when he was messing up. Then 28 and 2021. And then it did dip to 25.4. He did lower the walk rate, but unfortunately that is what he did. So I think that Nick, that Seth Lugo is basically going to be this year's Nick Martinez. I don't know if he's going to work as a starter. I really don't. I think that it is more likely that he doesn't. But taking a gamble on him as being the fifth starter at this value, at this two-year deal... I don't mind it. I don't mind this as a, like, let's just see what happens. Same thing goes for Nick Martinez. And they did that last year, and he was okay. He could give you innings every now and then it's necessary. But at worst, he's going to give you some awesome bullpen stuff. Um, This is a team that a lot of people are worried about with the bullpen. I do wonder if this is a sign that they're a little bit worried about Drew Pomeranz, um, potentially. Uh, Because Drew Pomeranz, Austin Adams, some of these guys coming back. The Padres' bullpen might be just... Not even might. I think the Padres' bullpen is going to be tremendous next year. I think that with Hayter as the closer, and then Robert Suarez was awesome, another player that people doubted when it came to um, A.J. Preller. You still got Luis Garcia, who has some nasty stuff sometimes when he's in the mood. Um, I There's not really many weak links in this Padres' bullpen, especially if Seth Lugo ends up transitioning there, at least in my opinion. And same thing goes for Nick Martinez. If either of them stink as starters or whatever, and they decide, let's move you to the bullpen, that is totally something that I like. I like that there's flexibility there. I like that they're kind of prepared for both situations to happen. And again, 
Everybody, myself included for a little bit, they doubted the Nick Martinez signing. I would not doubt the Seth Lugo signing. I think he's got strikeout stuff. I think he throws hard. And I think that he's been on a winning team and we just poached him from the Mets. And a lot of teams were interested in him, which is not, it's not always a, a, a nice green flag. Not always, but it is interesting, right? Because I, I do look at that stuff every now and then because I remember Joe Musgrove when he was a little bit of a, a little bit of a nobody, a little bit. I remember he was getting so much traction and attention at the trade deadline. And I was like, what? Why Joe Musgrove? He's all right. But like, he only throws like 93. There was a reason for that. I recommend every now and then, I think that these rumors about how many teams are interested in, pocket that and just keep it in mind because it might mean that teams know something more than the Puerto Rican kid who's recording in the basement with his library and his Wolverine looking hair with his Tatis bobblehead. Maybe they know a little bit more than me, right? And Or you. And I think that that's what we learned um, with some of these players over the past couple of years, especially with Joe Musgrove. So that's just me. Very interesting stuff. But before we uh, kind of conclude, everybody, kind of conclude my thoughts on this, this spending, mini spending spree, all right? You talked about something very serious. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence. That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is, le- is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? All right, they know. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving on the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This has been paid for by the NHTSA. Guys, be careful out there. It's very serious. No jokes from me. Drive sober. It's the right thing to do. Keep people safe. But now let's get back to the craziness, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue talking about these signings, about Seth Lugo, about Matt Carpenter. Um, what a busy offseason like, this has been for the Padres. And it really, compared to last year, when everyone was yelling at the Padres, right? Everyone, Not everyone was yelling, but they were a little bit frustrated because you knew Tatis was going to be out. And everyone wanted the Padres to get Castellanos. And I imagine that AJ Preller tried. That guy clearly tried, but... Philly ended up getting him. Um, there's there's some other players out there. Your Jorge Solares. I'm forgetting who else was a free agent last year for some reason. Among outfielders, at least. And they ended up not getting those guys. And instead, this offseason has been about the San Diego Padres. Not just them. You've had the San Francisco Giants with Correa, which is currently like being held up. The deal, I think. Some weird stuff going on in San Francisco right now. I don't know. Apparently, he might have failed a medical thing. I... I don't remember ever this ever like big deals like this rarely fall apart, but I am curious to see what happens there. I, I, I really am. I don't, I just, I don't know. Just curious guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what's going on there, uh, but I'm curious to see how that deal goes by. You have the Yankees getting Rodon. You even have the Blue Jays making moves and you have the Dodgers who I, in my opinion, have had a tremendous offseason. I think when they signed Noah Syndergaard and JD Martinez, I think that those are solid pickups, right? And thank the Lord they didn't go out and get, like, a superstar, because that would have been annoying. (laughs) I just would have been like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, 
Correa, please sign with San Francisco. And thank God Zansby Swanson went to Chicago Cubs. I do not want to have to deal with the Dodgers every year being able to scoop up a top-level free agent. That would be maddening. But anyway, um, the Padres have had a busy offseason. You have the signings of Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez to start things off. And I think the Suarez signing is one that while people are the haters are giving that signing a lot of crap, I think they're getting ahead of the curve. I've said this before, and I think that overall they're saying, we think Robert Suarez is going to be a top 10 reliever, and we think that Josh Hader is also going to be a top 10 reliever. But Hader's going to cost more, so let's sign Robert Suarez now before people realize he's one of those top 10 relievers and then potentially let Josh Hader go in free agency. Totally cool with that. Totally cool with that. I still think he could be dominant for the team and be helpful on a potential World Series run, right? Gonna be a lot of fun, and then of course Xander Bogarts, who's been was one of the more shocking signings I think that's happened, um, for sure. When you take into account the contract, when you take into account how many other teams were rumored for him, the Padres just go for it. And the fact that they already have Tatis and Hassan Kim on the roster makes a lot of people like you know they're just like what the heck happened? The Padres all that money for eleven years, and then Seth Lugo and Matt Carpenter. So it has been a very busy off season, much busier than last year. And now we're at a point where, what do the Padres do? I've already talked about Conforto. I think he's. I think that would be the ultimate win. And I think Jerkson Profar as a re-signing would also be a really, really cool pickup. One, because I just love Profar. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. He's one of my favorite players on the team. If not outright, sometimes my favorite. Um, and I just, ah, he makes me so happy every time I see him. A smile that lights up the world. So handsome. So handsome. And really productive player. Um, and I like the way he w- worked with the team. I remember a moment last year when Profar, I believe he made a mistake. And instead of getting like really into it, just kind of owned up to it. And the teammates, like there was that really cool moment. I forgot what team this was against. I think it was against the, was it against the Dodgers? I don't remember exactly, but it was in the regular season and he messed up. And they still kept, they kept in on him. And I, I thought that that was awesome. I thought it was so cool to see. That they were like, cool, like where you you owned up to your mistake. He's like, yeah, I messed up. I took it a little bit too slow getting the ball back in. I just I like the chemistry with the team, and I like that he's clearly really close to Tatis. Um, he wouldn't be the only option though. Among some of the more notable free agents left for left fielder, left fielders, um, there's still some people out there. Well, I do think that Michael Conforto could absolutely play um play left field if need to. I think his skill set translates. There's still some really interesting left fielders out there. Um, Adam Duvall, one of the more underrated defensive players you will ever see in baseball. Nobody talks about this guy. Um, Maybe he didn't have as great of a year last year. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I'm going to look that up, actually. Um, But he's super underrated in that department. And when he's hot, he is a home run machine. I know know the F4 isn't good, 0.9. Um, it looks like he regressed a little bit defensively this past year. Let me see if I can get some some of the more classic advanced stat stuff real quick. Fielding, advanced fielding. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Left field. And left field this past year, yeah, he had minus two defensive runs saved. His outs above average was still one and then the previous year. So he's still been like a really underrated defensive player. He's had years where he's had 17 defensive runs saved. Now, that was years ago, but even still, like he's... Adam Duvall, not a minus defensively. At worst, he could be just as good as Jerickson Profar, in my opinion, when it comes to the defense. I know he was a little bit of a mess batting-wise 
um, this past year. Only 12 homers, and the strikeout rate went up a tad, and the walk rate, all that stuff. But wouldn't be the worst guy to add to the team, especially because I think he'd come really cheap. Um, so he's an interesting name to keep an eye on. Then you've got David Peralta. Again, a very steady player, not too bad. Robbie Grossman, who I have been campaigning for for a while now. I think that his power would play better in a different ballpark. I like his walk stuff. I know he's stunk this past year, but not terrible. Problem with him would be defense. Not a very good defensive player, even when he's on. Not a very good defensive player. Um, Tommy Pham's out there. <laughs> One of the, my favorite forgotten storylines, I think, of this past year is the Tommy Pham hatred of the San Diego Padres, how he just only hit well against them this year. I think he hit like four home runs against the Padres this year. It was it was actually pretty incredible. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought it was so funny um, just seeing him rip like nukes that he never hit that hard when he was with the Padres. Um, Corey Dickerson is another one. Raimel Tapia, Luke Williams, Ben Gamble. Again, nothing crazy, but if they are unable to get Conforto, I don't hate your some of these guys that I mentioned here. Profar for the vibes and because of a really nice bounce back season. And he's younger than all these guys that I mentioned, which is good. Um, <clears throat> Adam Duvall, because I think the power could come back. And he's a good defensive player. Although he will be frustrating because he's a little streaky. Um, so if the Padres don't want a streaky sort of player, then maybe that's not the right direction to go in. I don't mind it because with the signing of Matt Carpenter, I don't mind if you also just bring in Duvall and just have, you know, just a, a rotating sort of crew out there. I think that could be really effective. And then, of course, you have my boy, Michael Conforto, who I think is probably overall the best free agent that remains, honestly. Um, Will Myers is a free agent. <laughs> He's not going to play left. He could play first, but the bat is just gone. you know. So, guys, as much as I love Will, as much as I loved his, um, after the Padres won their 69th game of the year last year, as much as I love the video of him, his post-game conference, fitting in nice and just saying nice every two seconds <laughs> after that 69th win. One of the funnier things I've ever seen. I, I love Will. Probably him and Profar, like, I mean, just two of my favorite players on the Padres. I mean, they're just great. They're always so much fun. And Will will always be remembered fondly, in my opinion, even if he wasn't very effective. Just something about him. Never complained. We're just kind of always there. You know, and I think that a lot of people appreciate that. And some really good vibes. And some good memes. Um, so, always will love Will, but I don't think that that's a solution there. Dexter Fowler is somehow still in the league. I was, My eyeballs nearly popped out of my head like a cartoon when I saw that Dexter Fowler is still out there. I had no idea. That's not an option, but again, <clears throat> that's basically it. Michael Conforto is the top one, but after this Matt Carpenter signing, as much as I would love for the Padres to then bring in Conforto, who would just be... I really think it's just going to be so awesome this year. I'm willing to bet my life on it. Maybe not my life, but a good portion. Maybe a finger. Maybe a finger. Mm. Let's just stay away from the betting life and vital body parts and whatnot. But um, I think that that guy's going to be awesome. Maybe Matt Carpenter is the Padres getting ahead because they know that because of all the reported interest, they've already gave out a lot of money this offseason. Maybe because of all the reported interest in Conforto, they know there's going to be some team out there that gives him a, a bigger deal. He is a Boris client, so maybe the signing of Matt Carpenter points to no Michael Conforto, which is unfortunate, 
But I also don't mind because the Padres have done a ton this offseason. They just got brought in Seth Lugo, which I think is an interesting addition that could be awesome. Um, and at minimum, an awesome bullpen guy. You have Xander Bogarts. You have the re-signing of Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez. I still think that they've had a really awesome offseason. And that's not even taking into account that one of their biggest additions is someone that they have, you know, he's coming back from injury. You know, they're going to have Fernando Tatis Jr. at some point this year, hopefully, assuming he recovers and whatnot. So that alone is already a big addition and arguably more of an addition than any team could have made this offseason, with the exception being your Trey Turners and Aaron Judges, right? Like in terms of teams who are going to add and have new players next year, it's one of the biggest ones. And that's not even counting Xander and all that, right? So I think that this has been a really great offseason. I really do. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, if the Padres add that last little piece, do they add, um, a left fielder, like how I've mentioned, do they add this Conforto lad that I'm so obsessed with, or are they going to maybe add another pitcher? I did mention that Lugo could just be a, a bullpen guy at minimum. I still really like Corey Kluber. One, I've mentioned this before because of the vibes. <laughs> I love the vibes. And also because I think that he's just a less expensive version of what you might get out of your Nate Evaldi types, right? I think that he's going to make a lot of bats miss. He's not going to walk a lot of guys. Will he get hurt? Probably. But he's kind of effective when he pitches. Kind of. Sort of. Usually. And because the vibes of bringing him back after trading him away when he was a low-level prospect and him being a two-time Cy Young winner and all that, I would just really like that. I think it would be a really fun add. Um, and then there's also some interesting guys like your Wade Miley's if you're just looking for someone who can eat some innings for you and just be a solid like a reliable pitcher that way you're not relying on a Velasquez or a um, what's his name or a Jake Arietta at the end of the season. Right. Like I think that that is something the Padres should look into for sure. Just make sure you have a little bit of reinforcements because they don't have much in the farm system. Ryan Weathers. Ooh, that, that lad's career has not gone the way that anyone probably would have said, considering how on fire he started in 2021. So again, really curious to see, where the Padres go, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what kind of final additions they make. Uh, in terms of programming notes, uh, tomorrow's episode, probably going to talk about this Manny Machado stuff and how he could potentially opt out. Going to talk about Manny a whole bunch because it's always fun to talk about Manny. Tatis will be here with us. No, they won't be fighting each other. Don't worry. He's just going to be hanging out here and I'm going to be bouncing him and stuff. I, I've, I'm really happy about this bobblehead. Again, showstoppers, go check it out. Link in the description. Um, and shouts them again for sending me this little guy. Um, I've been meaning to kind of add a little bit more Padre stuff to my YouTube video setup. I'm tempted to add some of my little, uh, my little favorite superhero guys and gals, uh, to, uh, down here, but I'm going to keep it Padres for now. Unless you want to leave a comment, leave a comment. If you want to see like a new, cause I have a bunch of little figurines and stuff, like a ton of them. So if you want me to add like a new one, each episode, leave a comment. Or, or, or DM me or whatever on Twitter. And with that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. DM me if you want to see me every episode. Bring out a new figurine along with Tatis. That'll be his new friend of the day. Um, or you can just shout me out. Talk to me. I love talking Padres stuff. Or at LO underscore Padres for only Padres stuff. A lot of fun over on that account. Um, especially yesterday and many days before, lots of memes. And then Lockdown Padres on YouTube. If you want to see what this what this daggone bobblehead lad looks like, you can check it out there. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, 
And I hope you all are having a good last week before the holidays. Good, good snowflakey vibes going on right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, everybody, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. Come on, come on.